All right, good morning. Romans chapter 14. We're going to, and I'm, I'm not going to try, I'm going to do it. We're going to go all the way through chapter 14 and through the first six verses of chapter 15. I'm doing that because next week we're going to conclude the book of Romans. So uh, I think I put this on the Facebook page. We're going to conclude Romans next week. Uh, Billy's going to teach us on the 17th, right? Uh, and then we have two weeks without Sunday school, the 24th and the 31st. And then we'll come back together. And then the first meeting of the new year, we'll, we'll do one or two things. We'll do the Q&A thing, or we'll just go ahead and start the book of uh, Ruth. So we'll, uh, just, just, yeah, Ruth, not Esther. I get those two mixed up. I have to, I have to think, but yes, it is Ruth. Uh, so, uh, and, when, and I'm already studying and prepared for those. We're going to do Ruth regardless whether we do the Q&A or not, but... Uh, if we get enough questions in, then we'll do the, the Q&A uh, thing the first Sunday back of next year. But if not, we'll just delay it till whenever we have uh, a good bank of questions and, uh, and, and see how that goes. Uh, but we are, uh, this is part four of Christian behavior. And uh, Romans chapter 14, the church is referred to as the body of Christ often. Uh, also, we're, told we're called brothers and sisters in Christ. And therefore, it, all, it only makes sense that we are to look out for one another. And that's the primary theme of Romans chapter 14 and 15 also. Uh, more to the point, in one way that an older sibling, and you know, how many in here had an older sibling? Or, or maybe you were an older sibling. Well, uh, older siblings are unique. If mine was uh, unique, at least, he, he always looked out for me. He, he was, man, if somebody laid hand on me, uh, he couldn't do much, but he could fight well. And he, you know, he just, and, and he enjoyed it a lot. Uh, uh, and he, he liked to hit on me. He beat me up a lot, but nobody else was allowed to. And so uh, Romans 14 is kind of in that vein. Not that we beat each other up, but that no, we should look out for the younger and the weaker. And, and the, the younger and the weaker in Christ. And that's what this morning's lesson is all about. So, especially as we guide them into a spiritual maturity. And this is what Paul is writing about, uh, especially in chapter 14, but the thought continues over into chapter 15 as well. So, let's look at the first 13 verses of chapter 14, and then we'll make some comments and, and then continue on. Uh, I don't know that we'll do all the reading for sake of time, but we'll see how it goes. Romans chapter 14. Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to dispute over doubtful things. For one, believers, uh, for one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats. For God has received him. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. For one person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. 
He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and gives God thanks. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For as it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but, resolve, but rather resolve this, not to put stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. So he begins here and he talks about receiving the weaker brother. So first of all, let's identify what Paul is talking about when he uses this term, a weaker brother. Uh, right off the bat, what do you think when Paul says a weaker brother? What comes to your mind? Anybody? Someone who's not as mature. Somebody not as mature in the faith. I, I agree. I think that's exactly where he's going. And, and on the way to church this morning, I was thinking, you know, this is not a black and white, is it? It's, there's a whole spectrum there, isn't there? I got to thinking about the, there's an insurance commercial or something, and this guy, they're at a softball game, and the coach is thinking, we need a hit here. We really, and he says, Derek, get a bat. And this guy, kind of looking like me, stands up and says, all right. And he says, no, the other Derek. And Derek Jeter stands up and grabs the bat. <laughs> there's that spectrum there, you know. And it, the tagline then is, some decisions are easy, you know. Uh, there, there's this whole spectrum of, of uh, maturity within the faith. But I think when Paul is talking about the weaker brother, what comes to my mind uh, primarily is, uh, you, you can identify them. They're usually somebody who means well. They're, they're, they're probably young in the faith, or maybe they've been a Christian a while, but they just, they've not matured for whatever reason. Maybe they've not been in a place where they were fed. Uh, the Bible talks about that. Or, or, they've not, or, or maybe they don't have a great capacity for study, for learning. And uh, for whatever the situation may be, uh, it's one who's weaker in the faith. But normally, the, what we're talking about here is somebody who means well, even though they might be saying things that really don't add up. Um, it, it's usually somebody who wants to debate over minor things. What the New King James says here, uh, it was right in verse 1, I think, doubtful things is what it used. I, I'm not crazy about the doubtful things. I, I think there's probably better words to use, but for lack of uh, of, of searching the, the, the other scriptures out. It, it, it's these, these things that are not settled. And, and so what, and let's, let's get this straight right off the bat. Paul is not talking about things that scripture strictly forbids. That, that's not what he's talking about. Those things, when God says, uh, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, those, uh, those are obvious. That's not what he's talking about. But he's talking about things that what we might consider gray areas, things that Scripture does not street, uh, speak uh, explicitly to uh, for one reason or another. And, and they come up as a, a spiritual issue within the church, a debate. Uh, 
Another way to identify these weaker brothers, it's somebody who just hasn't learned by experience, or one who is young in the faith and knows just enough to get in trouble. You, you ever met Christians like this, that maybe they just got saved and they just started studying their Bibles and everything they see, man, that becomes their hot button issue. I, I was in a car one time with some guys and we were going, you might've been in the car, I don't remember. We, I think we were going to stand in stone, I don't remember, but there's another young guy and he was a new, very new in the faith. Uh, and I think I was at Bible college at the time, but we were, we were getting on the interstate uh, and, and whoever this guy was, uh, and the first time I met him, and I don't think I've seen him since, uh, but he asked me what the clouds were. And I said, I, said, I don't know, I think they're maybe water and nitrogen or something. I really don't know. <laughs> and he said, I, the Bible says they're the fingerprints or the handprints of God or something like that. So I believe that's what the clouds are. I said, Okay. <laughs> And sometimes, okay is the best answer. <laughs> and I knew it, it, he was doing his best to read his Bible and learn. And I could have done a lot. I could have given a lot of answers right there. <laughs> I could have laughed really hard right there. But I, it, he was a weaker brother. And I could have discouraged him and rebuked him and, and gone into some dialogue about uh, poetic languages of the Psalms and the Proverbs and all this. But would that, would that have benefited the kingdom of God and blessed it? No. The best thing to say in that situation was, okay. Uh, and then just move on. And so we're kind of talking about things like that. And when you come against a, a weaker brother or a weaker sister and they want to judge you, and oftentimes this is when it's hardest, when, when they're judging you about something you're doing, it, it's sometimes hard to just accept it and move on. And this is what the passages are speaking about, especially in Romans chapter 14 here. So we can identify these weaker brothers, and I, I keep using the term brother because that's how it's spelled right here, but this, uh, this is universal application. This is a, a brother or a sister in Christ. Make sure we understand that. So Paul warns them against getting entangled with things that don't matter. Now, that's how I wrote it. Instead of doubtful things, I just put things that don't matter. Maybe I should have said things that matter less. Uh, but there's some of these things just don't matter. And one of the big hot-button issues, uh, things that uh, in, in his day it was meat that was offered to idols. And I hear this taught a lot along with this passage. I don't think the, the passage here explicitly talks about the, the meat offered to idols. I, I believe that's in Corinthians. But it's a meat versus vegetable thing here. So it's a vegetarian diet versus a meat diet. Um, and he talks about that. And he warns about getting entangled with things that don't matter like there are things that matter less. Um, observant, observing special days. And of course, uh, they're coming from a Jewish background. And so many in that day wanted to keep and maintain the Sabbath. They wanted to hold on to that. And so, again, Paul warns about getting entangled with these things. Now, who's he, who is Paul warning? The weaker brother or the stronger brother? Yeah, primarily the stronger. He's writing this to everybody uh, at the church at Rome, but the, 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 the stronger, the more mature brother and sister in Christ should hear that 
and understand that uh, and be looking out for that younger and that weaker, that one who's, who's coming up in the faith and maybe they're just not to that point of maturity yet. So that's some of the ones that Paul mentioned. Let's consider what are some of the modern entanglements that we might run up against? What are some things that a, a younger or weaker Christian might really struggle with and even judge us on? What are some things? What about music? Church music, especially. Can that be a hot button issue? Can that really entangle some people? Of course it can. Music style. I, I go to that one a lot because I've heard a lot coming up. It's, and it's this uh, traditional hymn versus uh, whatever. What, contemporary. Modern, modern, contemporary. That's the word I was trying to think of and all this, the, the other stuff. So, and, and you can argue this thing back and forth, frontwards and backwards, and there's good and bad in both categories of that, aren't there? Uh, but does one make, should one separate over an issue like that? Well, no, not as long as the music is to the glory of God and not worldly, see? Uh, uh, another one is uh, uh, dress, style of dress. and. And, and, and the, the, you know, the, a big one back in my day, uh, we can use that term, can't we, back in our day. <laughs> That's my experience tabled over there. That's my friends. Uh, was uh, women wearing pants in the church. That was huge. Some church, man, if, if you allowed that as a pastor, you weren't doing your job, you know, in the, in the southeast at least. That, that was a big deal. Uh, I heard Alistair, <laughs> Alistair Big was speaking to this, and he he's Scottish, and, and he was over there at Scotland when he was doing his training as a young man before he came to America, and there was a group of men, they were on, they were on this boat. Uh, it was like a church outing, a function, and there was a group of the men gathered over, and they were really upset. They were incensed because some of the women were starting or trying to wear pants and this was bothering them and it was pretty windy that night he said and it was probably a good thing that they were in pants for modesty's sake and he said but the thing that was ironic is most of them were in kilts when they were making the argument i, I had to pull over i about had a wreck when he sold that i thought it was so funny but we do, we do things like that, don't we? In our because, why? Because we get distracted. Often, we think we're doing it for the right reasons, and and the, herein lies the 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 problem, the conundrum, if you will. We think that we're doing things for the right reason, but we're straying from what Scripture directs us to do. And again, what is our authority class? The, the Word of God, Scripture. You know, anytime I'd ask that question, man, the whole class should shout that one out. That, that's a given. Our authority is the Word of God. It is not a man of any sort. It's not me. It's not Pastor Gary. Now, we recognize offices within the church, and, and there is a, a, uh, a, an authority that the pastor does carry, but the authority in our church... And any church that you ever attend should be the Word of God, period. And the Word of God doesn't speak to these issues directly. And so we need to be careful when somebody tries to make a minor issue 
a major issue. And another one that I wrote down was minor doctrines. There are doctrines within the church that are minor uh, and can get lost. And we're not going to go any further into that because we could spend the rest of the day naming those, but it wouldn't benefit us much. So we, we get the concept and the idea. So now also note uh, that Paul, and if you read the chapter, and I hope that you did, Paul does not, he doesn't direct or command the Romans to change over things that don't matter. Now, often our, our idea is that we should all conform, but Paul didn't tell uh, the meat eaters that, okay, now everybody change and become vegetarian so that you all look alike. He didn't tell the vegetarians, say, everybody change and stop eating just vegetables, have some meat so, so that you all look alike. And too many times we think with our churches, that's how it has to be. But Paul didn't direct them to do that, did he? Nowhere in, he, he didn't say when it came to special days, all right, everybody get together on this thing and everybody meet on a Saturday or everybody meet on a Sunday or everybody, he didn't do that, did he? He's, he, but what he did do is say to the stronger, look out for the weaker and don't lay out stumbling blocks. And I'm getting a little bit off my outline, but it, it, it's in, it, it works with what's being written here. So we're not compelling them to conform and not to all be the same. But what is the stronger brother to do when it comes to a weaker brother and a stumbling block? So let's talk about this. What is a stumbling block? What do you think that means? Anything causes you to sin. Anything causes them to sin. What if we don't think it's really a sin, but they do? Because that's really what we're talking about. Uh, David Guzik brought up the, the scenario of smoking. He said the Bible doesn't say anything about smoking directly. Nothing. He said, but some people really say, no, but pastor, our bodies are to be a temple, so we should not smoke, and it's unhealthy. And okay, given that, okay, yes. But that same person, if they drive through McDonald's and get the Big Mac and the large fry <laughs> and the Big Coke and, and, <laughs> and everything along with that, are you really following that body being a temple, or are you just on smoking? Gray areas. Okay, and I'm not advocating smoking. I'm just saying these things come up. Okay, and be careful about laying a stumbling block or judging one another more so to the point. But we'll talk about stumbling blocks. So stumbling blocks. If a weaker brother, and we're going to use that term, a weaker brother believes wholeheartedly, and I'm just going to use the one in the, the scripture that's given here, is a vegetarian and believes that he should not eat meat because, and the motive is important, because it honors God, and for him to do otherwise is sin. Okay? Now, he's not judging you. He's just believing that he should not eat the meat because for him it is sin. Now, if he believes that for him it's sin, and you eat the big T-bone steak in front of him, and you draw him into that, have you caused him to sin? Even though the Bible doesn't say it. Yes, you have, because he believes otherwise. The Bible speaks to that. So when you're around that weaker brother, just have the salad. 
Just have the salad. Why? Because it honors God. It's not about it's not about the salad or the steak at that point. It's about what's good for the kingdom of God. It's about edifying. It's about lifting up that younger brother. You know, it's about that. And and so those are stumbling blocks. Now it may be that five years down the road, with more experience, that this younger brother. Uh, through study, through experience, whatever, gets peace about having that stake with you, you know, and then you go out. But it may be that God calls him to be a missionary in a place where some people have a real problem with meat. I, I don't know. God knows. But we are directed when it comes to these stumbling blocks to not lay them in the path of a weaker brother, but to, in other words, look out for, remove the stumbling block. You, you might have Man, a, a T-bone steak might have been the thing you were craving all week, but this younger brother need to go out and y'all need to fellowship and maybe he has some Bible questions, whatever, have the salad. And then after y'all part, drive through McDonald's and get you that nasty cheeseburger that you crave so badly. And I'm probably in the car behind you. I'm not judging you, okay? And if I am, pay for mine when you go to the first window. That's all I'm saying. All right? And if you look at what Paul is saying, and he makes the argument in verse 14, look at verse 14 with me to back this up. I know, now this is Paul writing with apostolic authority under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. Don't lose sight of that. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. Did you get that? I'm going to read it again just in case. Paul says, I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. So again, we're back to this idea. If your younger brother thinks this is a violation, this is doesn't honor God for me, stay away from it. Leave it alone. Now, Paul's talking about liberty. The liberty that he has because of grace. Nothing's unclean in and of itself. That's what Paul said. Does that mean everything's healthy and good for you? No, of course not. Resounding no. He, he's, not he's not arguing against abusing your body. So don't take that too far. He's saying spiritually, spiritually separate the, the, the material from the spiritual. In other words, the dietary laws, the Sabbath, the sacrificial system, all those things in Judaism were absolutely primarily a part of their worship and service to God, the Levitical law. Paul says the cross did away with that. It is no longer. All things are now clean. Why? Because of grace. And there is liberty. But that's not liberty to abuse yourself or others. Is, is that making sense? Okay, so you separate the material from the spiritual. But a younger brother, a weaker brother, who's struggling, you make a path. 
You don't lay stumbling blocks. You make a path. Why? For their edification. That they might grow and be stronger in the Lord over time and through maturity as they continue on. Now let's skip over to chapter 15. I'm almost out of time. We're going to cover the first six verses. We're going to move on. Chapter 15, verse 1. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak. I'm reading the New King James. We're going to come back to this word scruples because I, I took a strong look at this. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now may God, of, may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he talks about it here right off the bat, the stronger to bear up the weaker. In this verse when he talks about this word scruples, and there's a lot of different English words used here in the translation. The Greek word uh, is asthenema. Uh, it means an error uh, of error arising from a weakness of mind. That's what the Greek word literally means. It's an error that comes up because of a weakness of someone's mind. Uh, the, the King James calls it the infirmities. Uh, the NIV, the failings. Uh, the NLT, New Living Translation, talks about uh, sensitive. The Christian Standard Bible in NASB uh, uses the word weakness, which I really like. Uh, the ESV uses a phrase instead of the word, failings of the weak. However you want to use that, it, it, it's, it's talking about a weaker brother who's, who's struggling because of their mind. They, they haven't reached this. They haven't gotten it yet. But we who are strong ought to lift them up. Why? For their edification, to build them up. The, the summation of all that, avoid what doesn't matter or matters very little in order to protect what matters a lot or things that matter to God. If it doesn't matter much to God, don't let it matter much to you, stronger kitchen or Christian. The weaker brother, it may matter a lot to them. Why? Because there's a weakness there. They've not been built up. They've not matured in the flesh. Uh, 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 you ever been out with a toddler when they get tired? What matters to them? Everything. Everything. <laughs> and it matters a lot. They're, never, they're not going to make it. Is that just toddlers? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa now. <laughs> Husbands, <laughs> yeah, you know what? There was a ball game on last night. Started about four o'clock. That mattered a lot to a lot of people. <clears throat> and this morning, not so much. Next year, we won't even care. That's what he's talking. what he's talking about. But if it doesn't matter a lot, bear with that younger brother. Lift him up. Edify him. That toddler. 
Everything's matter. What do you, you, okay, honey. And you pick them up and you put them in their car seat to drive them home so they can get a nap and they, they're, they're, you look back there and, and the, <laughs> the slobber's running out and they're, and the world's at peace again. Why? Because they went to sleep. You just pat them on the bottom and say, come on. Sometimes that's what you got to do with a weaker Christian. Not, not literally. <laughs> okay? Don't quote me on that. But you know what I'm saying. And, and you know what? In some instances, you may be the stronger brother. In others, you may be the weaker brother. Remember, it's a spectrum. Working with the working with the youth, the high school boys. Yes. Um, we asked a question one week: Who is responsible for your discipleship journey? And, I love that question. Um, they they had a tough time answering it. I, I think it was just a question that they hadn't been confronted with before. Um, and I think it was they didn't really know what discipleship journey meant. And I tried to phrase it to them that you know I'm. I can spiritually pour into my son and to you guys, um, but you know, Pastor Brian and Jim Fleming and Chris Cordes—they're pouring into me, like on my discipleship journey. Like we're—it's an unending journey. Sure, uh, sure. That we're all a part of, and so, like you say, sometimes you'll be the stronger and should be able to recognize where you're, when you're the weaker as well. Absolutely, I love that, Ryan. That's a great comment. And I love the, the, that you brought up discipleship because that's where this class is headed. Uh, we're, you're going to hear more in the coming year. You're going to hear more and more and more about discipleship. Uh, and, and so that's a, a great segue. All right, I got to finish up. I am, I am out of time here. Um, Paul says Christ is our example in these things. And, and we, are, we are striving for unity in Christ. Um, we as the church should have unity in the church as we serve Christ. Now again, Paul did not direct us to be identical. He, he didn't say you have to conform. If the weaker brother only eats salad, all right, everybody else, throw the meat out, everybody eats salad and look alike. He didn't say that, did he? He said, don't lay a stumbling block. Don't just do it in front of them. Don't just, but bring them along. And that doesn't just go with that issue, but with any of the issues, any of these minor issues that really don't matter, bring them along. And you know what? What's the old phrase? You'll catch more bees with honey. Now I heard a small like say, yeah, but you'll get even more with manure. Okay, <laughs> forget that part. <laughs> it's true, but forget that part. Uh, if you love that younger brother in Christ, you're, you're going to bring them along better. They're, they're going to mature faster. They're going to get to a place of mature. And it may be that they never get to the point of leaving whatever that issue is, but they'll probably get to the point where they say, okay, well, I'm, I'm set in this, but if you want to have the stake, it doesn't bother me anymore. I'm going to do this to Christ and you do that to Christ. And that's what Paul, that's what the passage says. Reread the passage today. That's what it says. See? The one who eats does it to Christ. And the one who refuses to eat that also does it to Christ. So live together like that. It's a minor issue. Do we compromise on the gospel ever? No. But on these other minor issues, yeah, there's some gray area. And we can love each other in the midst of it. Now again, he didn't talk about things that, that, that Scripture strictly forbids. 
If Scripture strictly forbids something, then you go to that weaker brother. And you follow Matthew 18 and you confront them and say, and, and if they say you're judging, say, well, no, I'm not judging. I don't have to judge this one. It's right here. And do it in love. But these grayer, these minor issues, then you approach in love and you bear with one another. Here's the conclusion. The mature believer should realize that the kingdom of God is far more important than one's own freedom or liberty. I'm going to reread that. The mature believer should realize that the kingdom of God is far more important than one's own freedom or liberty. The greatest attribute of any soldier is the ability to endure suffering. I thought of the battle of the bulge, and I don't have time to get into that. But likewise, the primary job of parenting, especially mothers, is self-sacrifice for the sake of the children. That's our example. When it comes to younger brothers and sisters, we should be all about self-sacrifice. Regardless of your liberty, regardless of the, the liberty that grace allows, when you deal with the younger brother or the sister, you self-sacrifice why? For their edification. And you do it to the glory of God. That's all I got. I love you. Get out of here. Don't forget our fellowship after the service.